0: Hello and welcome to the Fossil Lockade Podcast. My name's Graham and I'm here with... Alex, hello.
1: And Ben, hello.
0: And we're going to discuss um, 2019 and our games of the year, basically, what games we've been playing most in 2019, what was our favourite game of the year, or in some cases, what was the best game, and then we'll wrap up at the end with what we're looking forward to most in 2020. And I'm still kind of getting used to saying 2020 because, you know, does it just, 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 just sounds like the future? But like, <laughs> yeah, it's already upon us. This year just seemed to just go so quick. I don't know about you
1: guys. No, it really did. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So um we'll get into our first uh, topic, which is what we've been playing um, most this year. So Alex, why don't you kick us off with whatever's been occupying your your time most of all in gaming?
2: 2019, I think probably I, I really had to. Sit back and and think about this question, and and it was probably between a few games. It's kind of hard to pinpoint one, but I do think it's actually Red Dead Redemption Two for the PlayStation Four because I had that. uh, It's an older; it came out twenty eighteen, but I actually got it for Christmas twenty eighteen. So I I,
1: yeah, that makes it that makes it it twenty nineteen in my opinion.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I just sunk I don't even know how many hours into Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, not all of it positive. Um, it started off that way. I, I don't know if either of you have actually played it.
0: No. I, I played about 10 minutes of it. And yeah, uh, yeah maybe yeah, sacrilege. Know. I I didn't really like it, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Did you buy it, Graham? No, I was given it this funny story. A, a colleague of my girlfriend somehow ended up with two copies by mistake. And one of them was free. So they just gave oh. one to they gave one to Lucy and Lucy doesn't care about Red Dead. So I played it. But I loved Red Dead 1. And yeah. I I played it I think I was in a bad mood. Um <laughs> but I just didn't like the controls, so I really need to go back to it because I didn't give it a fair try, but yeah. I think the way you've had the game
2: though is both uh fortunate and unfortunate because you were gifted it, which is great, but because you didn't pay for it, you almost doesn't matter No incentive in play. to play. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you had you well, bought I, that, you'd have you'd have played a few hours at least. <laughs> I'd say that Red Dead, the first one, probably You mean redemption, yeah. Not Revolver, yeah, Red Dead Redemption, yeah. not,
0: not Revolver. Um, that was probably the best game of the last generation, I would say, like overall. So yeah. it's not that I'm like not a Red Dead fan, I just didn't like the control scheme.
2: Yeah, it's, the control scheme's a bit dated, and there's almost like a button for everything in Red Dead Redemption 2. There's a, there's, there's a button combination for shooting your gun into the air, and things like that. <laughs> oh my god, so, that yeah. sounds
1: way too involved. It's, and it's that, too much. that
2: comes up in in one mission you know you, you have to herd some cattle or something like that and you have to shoot in the air to, to, to help to herd them uh, and that doesn't really come you can use it any time but of course there's nowhere else you really need to use it but it's like hold l1 press up, press fire you know it's some mm-hmm. crazy combination but yeah overall red dead redemption 2 um i really loved it at the start because the graphics are absolutely incredible um, not that it's all about graphics, but it really draws you into the world. Mm. Um, the story is excellent as well. And the characters, um, it's probably got the best character interaction of any game, really, because you you, you set up various camps throughout the game. Uh, and you can just keep going back and you can play cards with people. They can give you missions. You can just talk to them about stuff. And you really get a sense of like a living world and a living um, camp that you're in. And it feels like it's going on when you're not there. Mm. Um, and it's, I think when you start the game, it's very easy to lose hours really into just hanging around in this camp and just, um, helping to cook the food and silly things like this. You, so you've you get... been playing
0: mostly the single player, is that, or do you, or do you, do you spend a lot of time online?
2: No, I've never played them with the online actually. Wow. So I you've got like a
0: what... whole another 12 bumps of online play to go potentially.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I found at the very start of the game, I, I was completely drawn in and I loved the story and I loved um, all the different landscapes and, and towns. Again, the towns are, are large and so much to do. But for me, where it fell apart slightly was the game, to me, was just too long. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. And when you get to what you think is the end of the game, there's another uh. like fair few <laughs> hours, like five, it- maybe five <sighs> to ten hours when you think it's actually ended. Have you you've been um,
0: playing it the most? Then have you have you been enjoying it?
2: <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying. It's 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 uh, it's a it's a combination, really. I have been enjoying it most of the time, but not all of the time. Um, I think had it been a bit shorter, it, it I would have come away from it with a lot more of a positive reaction. Yeah. Hmm. My favorite problem, my favorite part of the game, were the um you just meet unexpected people as you're going around and it doesn't even set off like a proper mission you'll just have a convict sort of come wandering out of the forest and they're in chains and they'll say will you shoot the chains off and help me uh this is just one of many many situations and you can choose exactly what you want to do you can carry on you could kill them you can release them um you could do exactly as as, as you like and sometimes it doesn't work out for you because they might try and rob you when you've when you've helped them. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's this kind of unexpected stuff. You'll you'll just find and you'll find other people attacking other people. So people trying to rob uh, armoured carriages and things like that. And again, you can think to yourself, hmm, "I'll join in this, or I'll kill a lot of them, or I'll I'll help the uh, the law." I mean, and uh,
1: it sounds really sandboxy. Yeah,
2: it, it is. Um, it is. But but again, that doesn't kind of get in the way of the narrative yeah okay and those are optional parts but they were probably the most fun you can have because mm. they have a morality meter as well so um as you play the game i think it probably affects the ending um but i've only done one playthrough but you can <laughs> choose you know if you want to hurt people and torture them or whatever else mm. or, or you know, i i was a do gooder on this playthrough because
0: what a surprise that's <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: how you get the better ending Oh, fair enough. But uh, yeah, so that, that was Red Dead for me. Um, but, but Ben, what's been occupying you in 2019?
1: I was thinking about this, like, what have I played most? And pretty much everything I've played has been really short. They tend to be like 10 hour games or something like that. So I haven't really sunk a lot of time into anything specific, except maybe Stardew Valley, but that came out like, what, three years <laughs> ago?
0: Yeah. Didn't you go on a big binge, though, of like one particular franchise?
1: Well, yeah, I was going to cover that when we got to our game of the year. But Um, I
2: don't think I think Stardew Valley could count because I didn't look at at this question as what 2019 game has occupied me. It's just what game occupied me in this year. Yeah. So you know, I could have gone back to Sonic One and played it a million times. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Probably quite easily done that actually. It probably was Stardew Valley. Um, That's just one of those
1: games where it's like, oh, just another day. I'll just do one more day, because (laughs) the game never ends you yeah. just you don't stop playing um i'm a massive harvest moon or story of seasons fan and so like that's it's just easy for me easy for me to while away my time in that uh, and my sister got it as well now as well actually and it's that, got online it has yeah so you can visit each other's farm you can, oh, nice. but we haven't actually done it yet <laughs> <laughs> so we've still been busy with our own farms but Do that you kind feel
0: of like you want to make your farm like really really good before you show it off Is that Uh, the reason? That
1: did help because, I was going to say, my sister then getting the game actually encouraged me to play it again because I was like, oh, I wonder what's what's been happening on my farm. Um, And that's when I decided that I actually needed to develop it a bit further because when I saw hers, I was like, she actually put some effort into making it look nice, whereas (laughs) I didn't. And mine was like, it was just weeds and trees and like a few potatoes. And I was like, what the f*** have I been doing for two years? (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I decided to up my game a little bit. Um, But, yeah, actually, I do need to get in touch with us so we can actually go properly visit each other's farms. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Have either of you played it?
0: I've never played it. I mean, I've I've been interested in it. But um, the thing... For me, is that one of the main time sinks that I play is Animal Crossing? Yeah, so I feel like if I was going to sink a lot of time into Stardew Valley, I would start to miss my Animal Crossing village, yeah, and just be like, Oh, I'll just play that instead. So, Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I never really considered about playing online, and um, that's one of the big things I like about Animal Crossing. But when you play online in Stardew Valley, I assume you might be able to get a bit more out of it, like trading stock and stuff, and maybe. It's more kind of mm. collaborative in that way. When you play multiplayer on Animal Crossing, you're basically just visiting the town and you just see it and you're just like, oh, yeah, nice, and you go home, more or less.
1: As far as I know, in the multiplayer in Stardew, you, you don't get anything from each other's farms. You just help build oh, okay. each other's farms. But um, you can,
0: like, give people... You could just say to, like, your sister, like, oh, you know, I need you to, like, um, you know, harvest these crops and she could go off and do it for you. And Yeah, that's that's could, exactly it. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's quite interesting that I always... I kind of, like, put Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon against each other, but I think the one difference between them absolutely sets them apart, where Animal Crossing, it carries, like, your towns carry on when you're not playing, whereas Mm. Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley, they don't, so I could leave it for a year, come back, and I pick up where I was, and I feel like, so for you, Graham, I don't think you'd get into Stardew Valley because of that, I feel like when you've got something still kind of growing, essentially, you're, tendency to revisit it is you know it's much more likely um yeah whereas you you could put down stardew valley and like i did forget about it for a year and then come back to it
0: yeah i like that though That it's i mean it'd be interesting if there was a harvest moon or stardew valley game where it did kind of carry on and i wonder if um the new animal crossing next year might have more kind of job-like elements where you can grow stuff and Mm. i'll be interested to look at that whether they're kind of learning from the success of stardew valley because it's been a pretty big global hit that game i think hasn't it yeah it
1: really was i was following that for i think four years before it came out wow and so i was really excited about it and but then when it came out it didn't have multiplayer straight away and that was uh, one of the things i was looking forward to and then i was sort of a bit like mm. and then i didn't really get into it but then since the multiplayer has been added i haven't even used it so <laughs>
2: <laughs> overall though you've waited for four years has the game lived up to the hype for you yeah, definitely did. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely solid. And he's really impressive, considering it's just one guy. He did all the programming, the art design, and the music for it. Oh, that's amazing. And it's, yeah, a real... A really I was going to say,
2: I, I've actually got it on Switch. Oh, have you? Um, and I have played it, but I didn't really get into it. I don't know. I probably didn't give it enough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got it in a sale. And uh, I started it up, and I put... I think I'm not so used to that style of game mm, it's and quite a niche I that, thing i think yeah i liked it and i really liked the, the graphical style uh, and everything like that but i think that almost the lack of direction threw me a bit um yeah uh, you know, i wasn't looking for a linear game but but maybe a bit more of an understanding of how everything works at, at the start
1: yeah i think part of that is maybe there's an expectation that anyone who's playing it would have played Harvest Moon or something like hmm. that, and that really, kind like you of
0: genre initiation's already been. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When you when you say it's got multiplayer, Ben, mm. does that can you play it like simultaneously from like the couch? No. Oh, see, that's the thing. I, I feel like right. I would... that
1: really threw me because that's that's what I thought it was going to be. Right. And I remember during development, he was saying like he was asking the community, you know, about the best way to go around doing this. And that was one of the options was potentially having a kind of a split screen, like a dynamic split screen or something like that. Um and yeah, it didn't 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 happen. It's probably too difficult to do. So um, if there's um, not
0: enough um, you know, desire for it from the community, I could see why they would put exactly. that to one side. Yeah. They're finally adding that in the next Animal Crossing, but I don't think it's gonna have split screen. I think you have to always be in the same space. So it's kind of like they've moved a little bit closer to to full, like, simultaneous play, but it mm. still has that one detraction where it's like, well, I still have to be near you. That, it's yeah. like, that's, you can't...
1: For a game like that, that would be annoying because that would be so irritating in Sardew Valley.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm still going to play the hell out of it regardless. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, I think that's probably my most played. And then, uh, and then, yeah, the other stuff was just like, yeah, arcade games, really short games. I was like, oh, these don't count. So yeah, <laughs> that's the one but That was the time sink
0: for me If you played like 500 hours of Outrun though That would, that would just be That would be, be your year, wouldn't yeah, it? It's have... Yeah, it's coming close Exactly
1: Well, I was looking at uh, my Switch uh, To see what my most played was And YouTube is like just Absolutely <laughs> winning
0: <laughs> Russell Arcade's number one fan
1: Yeah, there it is <laughs> So Graham, what about you?
0: Um, the game I played most this year Was Super Smash Bros Ultimate yeah. I'm going to look on my Switch actually. When and see. I, whenever
1: I'm on my Switch, you pop up and it says that.
0: Um, I've played, how much is it? 425 hours of Smash Bros. Ultimate.
1: When did wow. Smash Bros. Was it last year or this year? It I can't even It came out
0: on. sort of just December, I think it was when it yeah. came out. Yeah, yeah, it was. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, basically 12 months of play. And the thing with me uh, and Smash Bros. is that when I was a kid, I loved Smash, but my friends were better than me. Um, by a long margin and then when smash 4 came out for like 3ds i actually was able to put that handheld time into it and get quite good and that was about the point where all my friends decided that they were over smash brothers and didn't want to play anymore (laughs) so now i just play smash like sorry (laughs) i just play smash online like all the time i basically play i mean 425 hours i don't know what that is divided by 365 but it's more than an hour a day right Mm. so i play it a lot um, but the thing is that even though this is like the biggest Smash Brothers ever, they've got um, over 70 characters now. I basically just play Bowser like all the time. <laughs> I've played more than 4,000 rounds with Bowser. Wow. Um, so I'm pretty pleased with like my own skills. I'm not like great. But I'm happy with, like, oh, if I look at how I was when I was, like, a teenager or, or in my 20s. And now, I'm like, now I'm, I'm pretty good at, with Bowser. Just Bowser. Like, I'm, I'm not great with anybody else. But I'm thinking, like, it's probably about time I went um, and found a local tournament and just ticked that off the bucket list. I'm not going to... I wouldn't win. I'd probably get beaten by, like, some 13-year-old. But I'm interested to see, like, playing online is one thing because you just get ranked with your own, like, skill group. Mm. But if you went to a tournament with real people, it's a totally different situation. You get that face-to-face playtime, which is really what I crave. But to speak to Smash Bros. as a game, you know, Ultimate as a game, it's the best Smash in terms of its gameplay. In terms of the actual fighting, it's never been better. Because they took what worked so well with the larger character dynamics of Smash 4 and... ...paired it with the, the speed and agility that was popular in Melee on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. So you've basically got as close as you're ever going to come to a Melee HD remake here... ...except it's got over 70 characters. So it has evolved quite a bit. But what I miss about those older games is that with the smaller character roster... ...you've got more superfluous distractions. There was more mini games and modes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And because the development team has put all their time into making 70-plus fighters it really is so honed in on that one fighting mode. Yeah. And like I say, like it couldn't be much better. I feel like I said that about Smash 4, but honestly like <laughs> the 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 brawling in this is so good. It's just a shame it's missing like a, a few more distractions like I like um you know break the targets and you know reach the platforms and all that stuff that was in the older games and this has got just fewer mini games. So right. and the only other thing that is exciting about Ultimate is that although the achievement itself of having all these characters is like almost you can't get your head around it it's just like there's so many now from so many different companies I'm really really interested and already quite excited to see what the sequel does because they have said that they won't do this um, all-star roster again and I'm wondering how far back will they cut the the list and who will remain and who will go and what maybe they'll change the art style or maybe they'll change how smashing works and you know it feels almost like this is the definitive edition of the previous mm. game and it is the, the best smash brothers to just sit and smash but it's you know as as much as I'm enjoying it the question it poses for what comes next is almost as exciting as the game itself which is
1: exactly what I was going to pose because I was like where can they go from here i mean it's in the title right it's ultimate Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. what can you do after this point? And this idea of cutting back the roster just made me think about um, Pokemon Sword and Shield. And oh, yeah. ma- maybe since that debacle, they might actually be like, oh, wait, can we do this? <laughs> Let's just do more characters.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't see how they can, because if you no. imagine, like, the starting roster of Ultimate was 69, I think. And they've said they've done five DLC characters this year. They've said they're going to do more this year. So this could cap out of being an 85 character roster. So then if Smash Ultimate 2 came along with 85 on the board from the beginning and then they were like, oh, we've got to do more DLC. (laughs) It's just like, oh, my God. What I really want them to do for a sequel to Ultimate would be to bring the roster down to about 38, 40 or so and introduce a true tag team mode where you have the option to pick two or three fighters, and you can swap them out during yeah. the match. So it's like, okay, I've got my Bowser, this is going well, oh no, I, I'm, I'm I'm on the ropes here, bring in Ness, who's the other character I've played a lot as, and you know, without losing a stock, you've actually swapped the character. Mm. They've got a new mode in Smash Ultimate, which I really, really like, which is called Smash Squad, where you can choose between three to five fighters and have them fight in a row, but you have to lose a stock before you go on to the next one. And the other thing that's a detractor for that mode is that it's only local. You can't play that mode online. So that would be the top of my wish list for the next Smash game is a true tag team mode where you can mm. you can you know dynamically switch throughout the match. Because you already have you have that bit with Pokemon Trainer. That's that's like a three team character. So just being yeah. able to do that with, with any trio of characters would be fantastic.
1: I feel like I I sort of lost interest in Smash because it maybe it's not fair to say this but the changes were incremental. Like it was kind mm. of steadily getting better, and I was like, I feel like I've played this. And it, they're just it refining just got, it, they're, not, they're yeah, not evolving it. and it yeah. just got played out for me. So in order for me to get back into it, it'd have to be a different game entirely, I think.
2: <laughs> well, I hadn't even thought about this reinvention until Graham brought it up now, uh, but to me, I find that really exciting. I'd love to see what they could do. Um, you know, like next E3, or well it's not gonna be the next one, but you know, a future Nintendo Direct or wherever. Um, you know, you imagine this like trailer to show off a brand new art style, you know, don't even need to give away all the characters, but uh I think Graham could be onto something there.
0: But yeah, I've been playing a lot of Smash Brothers and I've got a sort of a New Year's resolution building already that I'm gonna still play Bowser because Bowser's been my main like since Melee. But um I wanted to try and like find a new character next year so I can sort oh, of like, nice. mix up a bit more. Um, I but, think yeah. I think of
2: um, of all games you could play this year and sink your time into though, Smash is a great one just because of that breadth of content. Uh, it's easy to spend four hundred hours. Yeah, uh, very easy.
1: Well, Graham, I know you, uh, your girlfriend's most played game because I was having a little look on the Switch to see <laughs> the most played game. Oh my god! Game. Yeah, you're right. Four hundred ninety hours in Civ. Civ five was Civ 5, it? 5, uh, five or six? I don't know. I don't play any of them, but I saw that, and I was like, oh, she's trumped all of us.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is the thing, is that last Christmas, I bought her um, Pokemon, which she asked for, a Let's Go Eevee. What is it? Oh, yeah, Civ Civ 6. And then on a whim, I was like, it was like almost Christmas Eve, and I thought, I should get her something extra, because she (laughs) only had the one thing for me, and I was like, oh, yeah, Civ so I bought it and I thought, I can always return it, she doesn't like it. And she <laughs> barely touched that Pokemon game. <laughs> and she played like nearly 500 hours of Civilization. So she really liked it. And the thing with her as well is that um, she, she's not bothered by like superfluous modes. I'm saying, oh, in Smash Brothers, I want to do extra things. And Alex was talking about all, all the distractions you've got, you've got in Red Dead and all that kind of stuff. Lucy's just played like the main mode of Civ. On repeat for like 500 <laughs> hours, and I was like, "Oh, there's like scenarios and like online multiplayer, and you know, what are they, what are they nah. like? I like?" I don't care. <laughs> it's just really? like, but you know, I like I've sat and played like 4,000 online matches, almost all of them as Bowser. So you know, yeah, you can't talk exactly. <laughs> so those were our most played games um, from 2019. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to move on to what our favorite. Uh, game of the year and you can also spin it a different way if you think it was the best game of the year maybe your favorite is also the best but yeah Alex you can go first and let us know what was the best game of 2019
2: okay my best game of 2019 was Control Control Uh, uh, yeah what is Control I don't know oh well I'm glad you asked (laughs) Um. was that a genuine ask (laughs) that was a genuine ask I'm not sure what it is (laughs)
0: Oh my <laughs>
2: Maybe I do, it's, I don't know um, You will have, I'm sure you will I'm fairly sure you will have seen I'm it It's Googling made it. by Remedy Who made um, the Alan Wake game or games Oh There's a few, isn't there, Alan Wake Yes, um, yes, yes So it's, uh, it's a third person it's, it's kind of hard to give it a genre But it, you, you would say it's like a, a third person action shooter yep. um, With uh, sort of uh, mystical elements, I suppose, and actually, Ben, I think you would quite like it because it's again, it's another fairly narrative-driven game, but it takes a lot of inspiration, I feel, from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably something you'd really like, probably because um, Alan
1: Wake did as well, and I, I liked yeah. all that kind of Twin Peaks. That's obviously just
2: Remedy's thing. Yeah. Um, did they but, make yeah. Alan
0: Wake though, as well? Yes, yeah, they, they did, did. Yeah.
2: Right. From the name, I had no idea what it was. So mm-hmm. I kind of didn't really tie that together. But, um, so yeah, so I just kind of got it and, and jumped straight in. And um, and yeah, it was, I, I think I played through it quite quickly. And again, it's a game that's probably a bit longer than you would expect for the type of game it is. But I burned through it really quickly because the uh, the story is good, um, but the actual controls and the gunplay and using your powers... Uh, is brilliant. So the gameplay is just, I thought, was fantastic. Um, so the idea is um, your character, Jessie, um, is, she's looking for her brother and she believes he's been taken by the F- Federal Bureau of Control and their headquarters. Uh, it's called The Oldest House and it's just kind of in the middle of New York, but it's a bit um, Harry Potter, Grimoire Place style that if you don't need to see it, you can't see it. <laughs> um so it's kind of there just in 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 the middle of I think it's New York in the middle of New York and people are just wandering past and, and to them it just looks like a boring old office building or something you would never need to go into. but you go inside and and at first it does look like a very um normal office sort of space, but it quickly starts to um get a lot more nightmarish uh and and so these um this race of, of beings called the hiss has started taking over all of the staff and turning them into um, kind of like possessed ghouls, monsters. And, uh, and it's really unsettling. And one of the main things about it is it just has really excellent um, audio design. So the hiss, when they're not attacking you, they make the people just levitate uh, 10 feet into the air. And they all just talk constantly and just say really weird, horrible things um, to you, or just out to the open air. And as you walk past them, uh, they're just saying that you can just, uh, especially if you wear a uh, playthrough headphones, um, you've just got all these voices going around your head. It's really unsettling, and it's kind of, I guess it's meant to be there to make you sort of get a sense of what it might be like to, to kind of lose your mind. It sounds
1: a bit like Hellblade. It...
2: Yeah, I didn't play Hellblade, okay. but yeah, I know of that. Mm. Yeah, there is an element to that. Um, and, and so the, you've got these floating people around and you, they've been taken over by the hiss but they never actually really hurt you. Um, but you can you can shoot them and attack them and kind of make them disappear and then they don't talk anymore. So you kind of end up doing that, but you kind of feel a bit bad. You think, mm, could I have maybe bought these people back if I didn't kill them? But but their voices are really get on my nerves. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of it, it's almost a, a hard game to explain unless you've played it or um, have seen it. But as you go through, um, you start to unlock powers. Um, so they have these um, objects of power which are meant to have been found by the Federal Bureau of Control and taken back for st- studying. Uh, and they're just everyday things, generally, like television sets. Um, but you have to do a particular mission um, where you'll go into a different dimension uh, and you'll have to overcome an obstacle and then you unlock a power. So you unlock kind of like a, a Star Wars force push, style um, ability, which you can upgrade. Uh, you you end up levitating, you can make energy shields, so it adds a whole new element to um, to the gunplay. Um, and it's very interesting, you only actually have one gun, and gun in the whole game, but as you go on, you again, you level it up and um, and you give it abilities, but you also um, unlock, it can kind of morph and, and change, so it can turn into a shotgun and it can turn into you know, sort of like a, um, a sniper rifle um, as you go through the game. So although visual, visually you look like you've only got one gun, it actually has many different styles.
1: It, I mean, when I saw, I think I saw some trailers for it, and it looked kind of like X-Files crossed with Carrie.
2: It was kind of <laughs>
1: kind of weird looking. It did look fun. It looked satisfying to yeah. play.
2: But... It's got a very unique graphical style as well. Mm oh do you um, think
1: i wasn't sure about that i th- I just remember thinking i mean
2: it looks a bit like alan Wake, probably mm. you know remedy style but um yeah the the motion the, the way they use the motion blur um and, and things like that it's yeah it's a bit different to anything else i've played okay. i mean that's probably one of the only gripes really is um there's quite a few glitches in the game oh really just a little bit immersion breaking at times Uh, But it has some, um, uh, this is probably what caused a lot of the glitches. it has some amazing particle effects, uh, best particle effects I've seen in a game. And when you have this um, sort of uh, force push kind of mechanic, uh, you can walk into an office and trigger it against an enemy or just anywhere and paper and and desks and everything just flies into the air and goes mad. And uh, that's quite, yeah, it's quite fun to do. Uh, especially... does
1: it have like a VR mode or anything No
2: it doesn't actually but it is getting mm. some DLC which I have a feeling is releasing soon so that's going to be quite uh exciting to look forward to but it's for you know anyone listening or or for either of you it's I'd definitely recommend it Oh cool really worth picking up and really worth looking further into if you're if you're unsure watch a few reviews or videos and and see what you think
0: Sounds like they they could have potentially set up quite a deep franchise themselves if they want to oh, expand on it in the future. Definitely,
2: and it actually as well. There's a nod to it taking place in the in the Alan Wake. I universe. heard that. Yeah, yeah. It's a very small nod, but but uh, but yeah, that's quite. I've never played Alan Wake, but I did like the idea that any future games they make might all be part of a, a kind of a multiverse. It's that's
1: um, the money. <laughs> I I really liked Alan Wake, but there there were so many times when. Just as something's happening, you kind of speak to people and for some reason you end up in a a wood, like in the forest. And it's like, oh, (laughs) for God's sake, every single time you'd start playing, you end up in a forest. It's like it was really good. And I loved all the set pieces and stuff like that. But Any gameplay, you end up stuck in the forest again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: No forest in control. OK, thank thank you. You'll be be glad to to know. Um, So, Ben, what about you? top game of the year uh river city girls and oh. i got that as a
1: as a birthday present to myself just because I, <laughs> like, I was i was gonna i was gonna wait for a sale i was like no i really want to play this because i do like the river city games um and i was like Ooh, 25 pounds is that is that a lot but not on your birthday not on my birthday it's a good <laughs> excuse and I'm, I'm glad i did it because it's actually become one of my favorite games
0: of all time it's, wow. It's not just twenty nineteen. Not just twenty nineteen. All time.
1: All time. Yeah. It's uh absolutely fantastic. It's a side scrolling brawler. Um which as as you know, that's that's my thing all over. Um and it's it's I'm not sure if it's a spin off or if it actually takes place as part of the continuity of the River City series. Uh, but it sort of doesn't matter either way because it's so what they call it a soft
0: reboot, isn't it? Mm.
1: I don't know if that's even it. It, I've got a feeling (laughs) that this is going to kind of splinter off and be its own series, perhaps. If they don't do a sequel to this, it'll be an absolute sin, to be
0: honest. It's kind Mm. of like when you saw, like, Aladdin, the Disney movie in the 90s, and then there was the Aladdin TV show, which wasn't really canon, but it was, like, a sequel to the movie.
2: Uh, Yeah, I suppose. It's a bit like that, actually. Um... (laughs) So, Ben, what, what, what makes this stand higher than other beat-'em-ups because you say you're quite a fan of beat-'em-ups. Mm.
1: It's it's a combination of everything in it. So it's got really detailed pixel art and I was reading about it and they're saying that they didn't have um, like they didn't design like bits to put in an environment to build the environment they actually drew the entire scene. All right. If you see like a row of shops it's not like they've like individually drawn the shops and put them together it's all part of one scene and it really does pay off because every area you go into has its own strong identity. Great pixel art, the animations, of all the characters as well are like so many like minute details. Like when you, when you hit someone like their eyes bulge and stuff like that. <laughs> and to be able to capture that in pixel art is, is really good. And it's, it's just got a really strong visual style. And then it's backed up with this kind of synth pop, uh, soundtrack, by it's, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, Megan McDuffie, I think. Might be wrong. She does all all the music for it, and then you got the boss fights, and that's got music by a band called Chipsil, who I actually had heard of. All of these things just they blended together absolutely perfectly. Part of what makes it so good is like if you're a fan of the series, it really brought the characters that recur in it to life. Because I feel like when I play the River City games, I see the character names, I'm talking to them, bloody bloody blah, and you don't really get any sense of identity. Uh, But Mm. because this game's so almost over stylized, every character is kind of like very caricaturish, and when I go back and play the older games, it's sort of brought those characters to life since playing yeah, this. Yeah, filled them in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you start to feel much more involved with it in that way.
2: Uh, so, how many um, River City games are there? I've never played. There's, one.
1: Oh, I think, about fifty. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> wow, something like that. So a few of them are remakes. A lot of them are sports games or things okay. or Smash
2: Bros. style fighting fighting games. They need to do a collection, don't they? Really? Uh,
1: well, yeah, you know what? They really do because there's there's some fantastic games out there. And actually, these uh, the two characters you play as in River City Girls, uh, Misako and Kyoko, they were in this one. Sn- oh, actually, no, they were in a m- multiple games. To be fair, but. Their primary appearance was in this, um, this the SNES sequel to uh, River City Ransom, and um, you could play as them in that, and that's kind of that was kind of it. They were in some of the sports games and mentioned in other places as well, but that's the only time they ever really appeared. Um, and I feel like unless you look into this kind of stuff, you'd never know that because <laughs> <No. laughs> so much of it is just locked away in Japan and it doesn't really make its way here and it's such a shame because it's it's a huge series but I don't think people really know just how deep it goes um, I really
2: like that payoff though that if you have played the old games or you've been a fan from the start that mm. you will know these characters from the snares you know? yeah exactly <laughs> it's like great to revisit something from that long ago yeah
1: definitely um, and actually that's another thing that I think this game did so well is it's chock full of references to the past series and dub, like double dragon and stuff like that, because they're all part of this, the same universe. Um, but it doesn't overwhelm you because if you were to play it new, you wouldn't know these references are like are there. It like it doesn't distract yeah. from what you're actually doing. It's all sort of so cohesive. Like it doesn't matter that, you know, the floor in the, in the high school says the japanese name of the school or something it's like if you knew that you'd be like oh that's a cool little nod there but it's not <laughs> not a distraction um and it's just yeah it's absolutely fantastic i absolutely love it and as soon as i finished playing it i just started again and i've played it a second time brilliant so I've, I've played through it played through it twice now and i'm about to do my third run through because there's a couple of items i still need uh need to get
0: it um, sounds really, really polished.
1: It is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's a lot like um, the Scott Pilgrim game, I yeah, think, but in a good way. You know, it's um, I wouldn't say it's kind of ripping off. Definitely inspired by, but it's it's still got its own. But Scott identity. Pilgrim
0: was basically just like a publicity, city, you know, in, you know, game basically, wasn't it?
1: That is exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there was a lot of love for the for the series in this game, and I mm. really, really hope they they continue with this because they they've absolutely nailed it
2: doesn't sound like the series is going to stop no <laughs> like we're on 50, 50 games in. now
1: <laughs> I, I think it's 50 something like that that's my 2019 i could just i could go on a long time about this but i feel nice. like you know it's graham's turn now let's hear what was your 2019 game of the year
0: resident evil 2 the remake um i'm quite late um to resident evil fandom i I played them when I was younger, but only sort of like casually, I've already finished one. But then since uh, like mid 2018, I went on like a Resident Evil binge where I finished the first one, the remake, um, finally. Then I played through Seven in VR, which um, is one of my favorite (laughs) games ever. It's it's so good. And then just after that experience, um, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake came out in January. Um, and it, it picks up you kind know, of off the back of the original Resident Evil 1 remake from um, you know the early 2000s so people have been waiting for it a long time um not me personally but you know it there was a it was a lot of hype behind it when it came out and i think capcom really rose to the occasion that you know they've done well with resident evil 7 kind of bringing the franchise back from kind of a, a period of of lower quality mm-hmm. um and they knew that 2 was a big one, that, you know, it was a fan favourite from the, the kind of golden era of the franchise. And they wanted to give people exactly what they wanted in terms of, like, it's a, it's a really, really polished, like, top-end um, game. And the, the perfect thing about it, really, the best way to sum it up is that it has all the modern amenities that you would expect from a game that was made in 2019. But it also contains all the classical elements that... Made, great, made gaming great in the 90s. Yeah. Because the Resident Evil franchise itself stepped away from puzzles and survival into action. We don't have Silent Hill anymore because Konami stopped making them. And it just felt like they brought back a style of game, which Resident Evil was the perfect example of before and just reminded people, like, remember how good this was? Yeah. You know, while it's a remake, a lot of these puzzles and things are actually brand new and show that. You know, they can break make a brand new sort of Resident Evil now, even though it is a, a Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, there's puzzles in, in Resident Evil 2 on the PS1 that don't reappear and there's brand new things in their place. I wouldn't say Resident Evil Two is the scariest Resident Evil though. Seven still holds that um <laughs> position for me personally. But is the, that
2: partly the VR though?
0: Partially the VR. I, I feel like with Resident Evil seven More because it's first person than VR, obviously the two things go hand in hand, because you are, the character is kind of you in a way in 7, there is a protagonist and there's a character and there's a story that goes with it, so it's not an avatar kind of game, but... um, it feels like things are happening more directly to you, whereas in Resident Evil 2, you get more invested in the characters of Leon and Claire and you sort of see their narratives. Although it does have very, very intense moments, it's not quite as frightening because you're sort of watching it happen to somebody else. Yeah,
1: player agency's been taken away, isn't it? Hmm.
0: Slightly, but the great thing about the horror and the gore and the violence in Resident Evil 2 is that it is very kind of artistically done. Like when you see. Um, like some gruesome sort of corpse that's been left by the zombies they really go all in on maximizing the visual appeal of the dismemberment and it (laughs) just looks so good um where you'll just be like taken aback by like you can see like somebody's face might be ripped open and you can see with little kind of like sinews and things oh i
1: saw that in the demo yeah
0: Yeah. with the policeman's face opening up and stuff yeah that was um horrific um and it has this Uh, dynamic dismemberment system where um, if a zombie is coming towards you you can give them a headshot and and dispatch them quite easily that way but also if you fire at their arms and legs they will dismember dynamically so you can blow off a leg and the zombie will fall to the floor and animate in a kind of natural sort of um, you know the physics engine lets them crawl and climb over stuff and try and get you based on how you've kind of injured them Um, so every kind of zombie um interaction feels very unique and if you you know if you fire at the head and you miss and you get an arm and the arm comes off it just changes kind of the situation it might give you an opportunity to sneak round, or you know if you want to just like play with them a bit you can shoot off the feet and just watch them sort of like wriggle about and eventually you end up with just the torso sort of flopping back and forth on the ground so it's sort of like a game within the game because uh
2: this this um resi 2 was uh, a, almost a tie for me in terms of best game of the year because okay. um, I loved it as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean one thing when I played it, most of the time I had to play it on headphones because my <laughs> wife found the noise of the zombies really disgusting. like <laughs> the, the way they retch, um and and she'd either have to leave the room or I'd have to put on headphones because she just couldn't couldn't oh stand it. Um, it. It is it is awful. <laughs> like, it, the sound effect is just. But it's so
0: effective for that reason. I played it mostly <laughs> with headphones because of the Mr. X factor. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure everybody who's played it, you know, they know. But Mr. X is um, sort of this tyrant level zombie who pursues you through most of the game. Um, he tracks you. And when you're in, you know, the big, the first part of the, the game, the big set piece is the Raccoon City police station. And when you're trapped in the police station, you can always hear where the tyrant kind of is because he's so lumbering and loud and sort of like trying to track you down so you hear him like slamming open doors and like walking past and, and stuff and if you wear headphones and you get the 3d audio you can sort of listen and be like okay is he right outside the room or is he outside around the corner and you can be very strategic about you know where to go next based on where he is but then occasionally the game will do a very video game thing, and just like have him appear yeah. without the sound. It's like okay, he was there, I didn't let like, you know you get absorbed in something, and he's just there. Um, so that element of it was was quite intense. Um, yeah. The only detractor for Resident Evil Two for me um, was that I didn't really care for the boss, uh, the bosses so much because mm. you'll spend so much time avoiding a handful of zombies and usually you will save like a grenade or a heavy duty weapon so that if you do come across a horde of zombies you, you can take them out in, in one go uh, and you know carry on but when you come to face to face of like some mega boss it's rare that you've had the gameplay learning experiences necessary to kind of take them out first try um, so a couple of the bosses kind of threw me for a loop and I didn't really care for them because I felt like it was a little bit on the unfair side. Like, you know, you're asking me to deal with a situation here that I have no prior knowledge of, so I would prefer it that they either eased into the action more or maybe just, like, have the boss battles be less about, you know, rocket launchers and chainsaws and stuff. So that was my one detractor, really. But the game looks great, sounds great, and just today, it's sneaky, leaked out that... They're well into production on Resident Evil 3 as a remake. Yeah. Okay. Um, because uh, they've uploaded the, the purchase icons that are on the PlayStation Store, and people <laughs> rip into the PlayStation Store all the time to see what <laughs> games are coming. Yeah. And the thing is is that 2 only came out in January. If they've already got the icon ready for 3, that means it can't be that far off. Wow.
1: So I'm guessing, like you said, it was based on the Resi 7 engine, that whatever it's called, RE engine. Yeah, yeah. So RE engine, I'm, yeah. So I'm guessing 3 is going to be the same. Um yeah. but considering Resident Evil seven was um VR mm. was Resi 2. I don't no, know.
0: No, that was a, a slight disappointment as well that they didn't have VR in any way. There wasn't even like a side mode. Yeah. Um and my last thing was I really hope they put um Leon Kennedy in Smash Brothers. So <sighs> that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So yeah, that was um all our other games of the year. Uh control River City Girls and Resident Evil Two. Um But with 2020 fast approaching, there's probably some games that you guys are looking forward to, I dare say. Um, Alex, anything on your mind that, you know, coming thick and fast in 2020 that you want to get your hands on? So my game of
2: 2020 that I'm really excited for is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, Because Final Fantasy VII was quite a pivotal game for me. Um, I remember playing it, I can't remember what age, I went around to my uncle's. I didn't even have a PlayStation at that point. And that, as well as Metal Gear Solid, I think, first opened up gaming to me to show that things could be narrative-driven mm. um, rather than just purely gameplay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I hadn't played an RPG before then. I know they existed, but I, I, I'd never played one. So it really opened my eyes to the, kind of the power of the PlayStation and, and uh, you know 32-bit gaming, or whatever you want to call <laughs> it at that stage, but what it could do, and CD-based gaming and, and uh, you know F and V sequences. Uh, and things like that, um, and I think off the back of the quality of the Resident Evil Two remake, as Graham's just discussed, it's really given me um, confidence in in what they can do. And and looking at it, what they have done really, because you can just see uh, how good it looks. You know, they've changed up the battle system, but from reports I've read, they've done really well with it. So they've made it more active than than um, turn based and kind of a mix between Final Fantasy XV and uh, Kingdom Hearts. Mm. But you can also retreat back into um, the uh, turn based sort of elements as well, if you want to, It's kind of a choice. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it looks brilliant. My only detractor is that it's the first episode coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows how long it's going to be before we get all the
0: episodes. It would be nice if they um, just gave some indication of how long that's going to go on for. Like if they knew that they were going to do three... That would be a nice, just little tidbit of information to know.
1: What? So they don't know how many episodes they're going to do? No. no. Oh my no. god.
2: Yeah, I mean, what what console are they going to be on as well? Because obviously the PS Five comes out next next Christmas. Yeah. That? So are, are they, you know they're going to span multiple consoles. Are they going to re-release parts one and two on the PS Five and carry on? Who knows?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Point, Think of the cash on that.
2: And and like like Graham said with Resident Evil Two, kind of current styles mixed with uh classical gaming mm. yeah
0: just all of it excites me but i'm gonna have to duck out yeah you've been called away for the delicious meal haven't you everything yeah <laughs> i have i'll say this <laughs> much to you alex I, i've already had it in mind that once um ff7 remake came out that is yeah. canon fodder for a, a big discussion on a fossil Arcade okay podcast so there'll be every opportunity to talk about that oh stay tuned <laughs> But yeah, thanks for coming on and telling us your favourites, and we'll we'll see you again soon. Cheers, guys. See you later. So, bye. Bye. So Ben, why don't you um, continue? What what game are you looking forward to most in 2020?
1: Well, as I have such a varied palette of interest, it's going to be <laughs> another brawler for next year. Uh, Streets of Rage Four is what I'm looking. Oh to yes, most.
0: yeah. You uh, had a chance to talk to um, one of the team. Yeah, it you? was.
1: Yeah, uh, Ben something. Um, <laughs> I can't remember his name. He now. may
0: he may re- want to remain nameless for all we you know. Yeah, so, so uh, maybe.
1: Well, he was the um, he's the art director for Street Strade Four. He works with um, for Lizard Cube. I think he co-founded the company actually. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, we got to play it at EGX, and he um, spotted us because my partner was dressed as Blaze, the new design that he made.
0: Oh, Okay. Is it um, is it Ben Fiquet uh,
1: something f- like that? Fiquier. I guess it would yeah, be his friend. F I Q
0: U E T, right? Yeah,
1: oh, so would we'll say yeah, Ben, Ben F, Ben, <laughs> Ben from Lizard Cube. Yeah, so he um, he spotted yeah my partner, and then we just got chatting, and he was saying that um, Sega of, of Japan they've started to realise how much nostalgia there is for their old IPs in the West, mm. because in Japan I, it comes across that they don't really care that much.
0: Gaming history does seem to be on the kind of it's a lower priority in Japan than over here yeah, almost. Well, which is odd to think. Yeah,
1: it's it's really strange. Um, but it's good to see that they've recognized that. I like I mean that could be what sort of inspired the um, Mega Drive Mini and things like that to actually kinda of make a push for this, you know, um, legacy that they
0: have built their name on i feel like I'm, I'm kind of being a dead horse but i do think it's all concurrent not just with sega but like capcom and square realizing that people like what they liked and those things will still make money if they are still provided
1: absolutely so who knows what we might see in the future uh I'm not just Street ready for golden axe or new that.
0: shinobi with that art style would be great that kind of like anime paintedly art style would be fantastic yeah it would be. i loved that um you know, Wonder Boy: Dragon's Trap that Cube did. It was one of the best games that came out that year. The music was phenomenal. So yeah,
1: he yeah. he was the art director for that as well. R- really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, playing it was a lot of fun. Played it a few times. Um, it's, I mean, nothing surprising. It's exactly what you'd expect, and it looks really nice and sounds really good. And they've got a lot of a lot of composers on board. Um, Yuzo Koshiro and I. There are others, but their names escape me now. They've done loads of other stuff. But yeah, there's, uh, again, a lot of pedigree behind this. So I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this. Uh, and then I think that's the only game that I know of that's coming out next year.
0: <laughs> this is I, the thing, is that when you like, try, try to think of it, sometimes the names just go, but there isn't actually a lot that's confirmed of 2020 either.
1: I'm looking forward to hearing more about Breath of the Wild too. Mm, I'm, I'm assuming sure will, we might yeah. hear a bit more. We're not going to get the game,
0: obviously. I think that'll be like probably early 2021 though. So what release?
1: Yeah, maybe. If it's if it's based off the uh, Breath of the Wild engine, which it definitely like it is, isn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think we'll see a lot of it next year, even if it doesn't come out next year.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, so what are you looking forward to next year?
0: Well, we already touched on it very slightly, but Animal Crossing is the big one. Mm, I thought that'd be it. Almost to the point where. Uh, you know, I could I could go on and on and on. So I'll be as brief as possible. <laughs> but to me, um, Animal Crossing is has been a concurrent thing through my gaming life since it first emerged in the early two thousands. I've always been playing Animal Crossing. Played over twelve hundred hours of it on the three DS. Mm. So I'm very much uh, invested in in New Leaf. And when Animal Crossing: New Horizons comes out, I'll be interested to see what they do with it really because I'm not interested in them just repeating things like we talked about with smash brothers and other games that we've gone over mm-hmm. um you know you want to keep the the parts of it which make it you know the core animal crossing series but we do want to see like it modernized too so I want to see how they change it from new leaf and uh, it'd be nice to have it back on the tv as well because obviously
1: you need that kind of couch co-op I think to some extent yeah like I and, feel like that's a good way to kind of rejuvenate it a little or sorry bring something new to it because obviously when it's on tv before you could have your own accounts in the same town but you could never play simultaneously and i think that would be a good way to go
0: yeah the simultaneous play uh, whether it's local or online is is going to be good i think and i hope they add a lot of um new distractions like i'd like to see a lot of new mini games that take advantage of the switch um and i want to see like a, a ton of new holidays as well um mm. But the thing that I think that, um, you know, Nintendo has picked up on recently is is updating games and providing a lot of free content, and not that I necessarily expect too much for free, and I'm certainly open to, to paying for DLC if it's, you know, good enough quality, but I wouldn't be surprised if they might add in some one-off events where it's like, you know, they were doing an event and this is, you know, it's there'll be, like, some special furniture or something where you can get it just that one time just to kind of make it feel really, really special. Because mm. it's, it's the real-time elements that I'm crossing that really... Um, make it feel unique so I'd like to see them kind of taking advantage of the kind of living world kind of thing Yeah. Um, other than Animal Crossing which was kind of a go about saying sort of thing um, I'm really interested in Cyberpunk 2077 oh yeah I forgot about that actually it looks really really polished already um, and obviously we're still several months away from release so I think that when it comes out it will be a really really slick experience, the gameplay looks really good and given um CD Product Red have a good pedigree with kind of dynamic narratives in RPGs, you know, dynamic storytelling. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of depth in the the narrative of the story. Mm. My only concern with it is that, and this goes for anything really that's coming out on PlayStation and Xbox in 2020, is that is it too good for that vanilla system? So I'm concerned that although I'm really, really hyped for Cyberpunk 77. Is it going to look as good or play as well on my PS4? Because I don't have a pro.
1: This is a strange situation to be in because I, you, you always felt like console gaming was free of that because this this is a PC gaming problem and this is something I, I encounter frequently because I know most of the stuff I play is smaller titles and indie games and things. But I like I got um, the second Tomb Raider. Uh, was it Shadow Rise of the Tomb Raider maybe? I can't remember. Um, but... It barely runs on my PC.
0: That's the thing, yeah. And I'm like,
1: okay, I need a better graphics card. Now, this is something I expected with PC gaming. Now, as a console gamer, you should be able to get that disc or whatever, put Can it in confident. and it should be fine. And mm. you know, it's meant to be optimised for that system or whichever variation of that system. And it shouldn't start being an issue now. And it does make me wonder what's going to happen with console gaming. Are they just turning into PCs that, that you can't upgrade without buying a whole new system? And that's... That's dangerous.
0: I think it'll be a good year because even though this generation is coming to an end, um, and it would be nice if there was a few bigger things to look forward to, it's always great when you know that you're going to get like a big news cycle of, of new console information. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be interesting to see what Nintendo does on the other side. Obviously, they've got the Switch. They're not going to upgrade it now. It's too soon. But will they basically play Breath of the Wild 2 against PS5? because yeah, right. yeah. you know i i don't always like get interested in all this sales stuff but when you do get you know big kind of corporate attacks like that it gets interesting mm. so yeah i'll be interested to see like what did they time it like that but, yeah we'll see we'll be in we'll be 2020 before you know it so you know <laughs> yeah literally uh, about three weeks away <laughs> yeah i just time this going so fast these yeah. days but but yeah thank you for listening to the fossil arcade podcast and uh you know uh, our games of the year. Uh, thanks for joining me, Ben. No problem. And thanks to Alex. I'm sure he's well into his dinner by now. Um, maybe <laughs> that's one of his dinners of the year.
1: Let's get a soundbite of him eating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll be back with another Fossil Arcade podcast before too long. Like I said, we do want to discuss, you know, games in the new year, like Final Fantasy, and we want to get back to doing another music quiz. Um, You can also watch the Fossil Arcade YouTube series on YouTube, where Alex and I play a lot of games and discuss those, and Ben provides all the original composed music for all the Fossil Arcade videos. Um, So we hope you check those out, and uh, yeah, we'll see you around. Bye!